Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Live on Tennis Bets, two days from the start of the French Open. Roland Garros is here, second major of the year. Lots of fun stuff, lots of money to be made and unfortunately lost. So we'll see what we can do uh, about the latter, not, or the former, not the latter. Uh, Zach Cohen, Kenny Ducey, Pamela Maldonado back again. Uh, everybody's here. We're ready to roll. We are uh, excited more than ever. And uh, guys and gal, thank you for joining us on this show Zico, I want to just kind of get with uh, the program first because the tennis world is here in Roland Garros. You're excited about this tournament. You've been studying the clay court events leading up to it, but it uh, definitely has a different feel without Nadal there and uh, some opportunity in both draws. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that we're not going to see Nadal. Who knows when we're going to see him next? I do think it'd be nice if he's able to get healthy at the end of the year and play one last 2024 season at full strength the way he kind of plans on doing it. But I do get somewhat excited about the possibility of there being new champions. And I think that you look at a guy like Alcaraz and he's, you know, licking his chops so he can potentially win his first Roland Garros. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. I know, Pamela, we were chatting a little bit beforehand and, uh, you know, the opportunities are there for some of the players. And we knew this announcement was coming, but it still was uh, unfortunate to hear that uh, he wanted to play. He did everything he could, but you know, the body just wasn't cooperating. I mean, you have to think about it for the last year. Nadal had injections in his foot to win last year's Roland Garros, and he's been up and down with injuries since. He's just, it would be mind blowing to me if he does come back for a full season. My imagination, I told you like months ago that I would expect him to retire this year. So I have even more confidence now that retirement is next year, and maybe it's going to be at Roland Garros, his last, his last love. And let's, big finale, I'm not ready for it even though you're expecting it and when it does happen we're all just gonna have a big crying session over it it's gonna be a lot uh it's gonna be tough but hopefully one more year uh kenny i wanted to ask you this question though because it's talked about you know 14 roland garros titles is that the best single accomplishment in sports and i say single in terms of just dominating one event in one area of the calendar yeah, I mean, I certainly think, you know, Tiger Woods had a very good opportunity early in his career to, to do something very similar. But yeah, I think it's something the likes of which we haven't seen. I think um, if I have one, I, look, I, I think that we can all, you know, cry together and we can all get sad that we're aging and Rafa's aging and we're likely not going to see him play many more tennis matches. Um, that's all well and good. I'm here to say I think Rafa messed up. I think he should have retired after he won Roland Garros last year. I think it was pretty obvious that uh, his body was – Pam mentioned the foot injections. Like, that would have been the perfect way to end this story. I know that's – the thing about Rafa is he's a fighter. He never wants to give up. He never wants to say, this is the end of my career. But it could – look, I thought he was on shaky ground against Zverev. I thought the draw, the draw broke right for him with Alcaraz losing to Zverev. Um and uh, I thought that that would have been a perfect fitting ending. I, I was talking to my buddy, Brian Clark, who works in the industry. He, he agreed, like, uh, we thought he was going to retire after the, just say, hey, guys, I'm done. Um, but uh, I will see what happens next year. Maybe, maybe he has one more run and maybe he can win one more and retire on top. Uh, there, but it's yeah. going to be tougher now with these young guns coming up. 
There's my no only hope is my only hope is that Nadal does not go out of retirement like Federer, a bagel in your last match, and then call it quits. Like you can't. Yeah. I can't, I would be so heartbroken if Nadal had a defeat like that. Um, he either has to win it all and then retire, or maybe just not try at all because that yeah. could happen. There's no perfect way to go out. Federer, you know, tried to come back, you know, waited a long time, didn't play, and then retired Nadal. As, as long as Rafa out. doesn't get Federico Dalbanis drop shotting him every every point where he can't move, I think he'll be okay. No, let's just and kick him. Still, never forgive that guy for that. My goodness, never. Delco deserved better. I know it was it was rough. It was very rough. But we're on to this year's Roland Garros. The show must go on. Uh, let's let's talk about my favorite reoccurring segment: Zico's core conditions. Uh, what should we expect in Paris? We're going to talk about Medvedev in a second, but he's on record, no surprise, saying everyone says it's slow in Paris. It's a little slower. And what should we expect? We know rain is always going to be an issue on some of the outer courts, but what should we expect in Paris? Yeah, I think you just kind of hit it with, with the rain. I mean, like with, when the weather's nice at Roland Garros, like that plays almost like a hardcore in a way. It could be really fast if the weather's nice, but for the most part, yeah, you're looking at the slowest major of the, of the four, obviously. And then, yeah, it's just going to be, I don't know. It's a grind. And the way, you know, another thing to mention is that the courts are bigger, especially in the main courts. There's more room to play defense, things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think something should be said about the fact that this is the only major that's 15 days instead of 14, that they start on Sunday earlier, knowing that rain's probably going to be a factor. I know that there's the roof for the main court and whatnot, but they do give themselves some time. And I think that the players at least appreciate that regard and that, you know, they're able to kind of play longer and, not have to back stuff up. But Kenny, we've talked about this tournament a lot and how, you know, especially in the early rounds, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of upsets too. If you go back in the history books and you know this more than anyone, a lot of money line, big dogs on both draws have won early. Yeah. I'm looking at so many here. Uh, I look, I told you that I like Yibing Wu against Roberto Batista. Goot. He's Spanish. People uh, incorrectly assume that he can play on clay. I mean, look, he can, uh, he's three and five on clay this year. He's won a lot of clay court matches in his long career. This is just not the best surface for him. Zico, who is standing on the dirt in Paris, giving us the accurate assessment of these court speeds, has told us that it's very slow. RBA prefers a slower hard court, but not necessarily the very, very slow speeds here. Uh, Yibing Wu is a player that is starting to grow into clay. He won a lot on clay earlier in his career against, uh, you know, inferior competition, but a win over Hustler, which, which was a huge win in Geneva, a dramatic uh, third set tie break there. Looked pretty good against Marco Cecchinato as well. Um, had to retire against Sasha Zverev. So slightly concerning about the injury. I think it was more just precautionary than anything. And I, look, I mean, this is a guy that is, when he is playing his best tennis, one of the best uh, out there. I, one of the most dangerous out there. One of the most ripe for an upset out there. So I think he is completely incorrectly priced here. I think Roberto Bautista Gutz riding the, 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 his war, on his past laurels. And um, yeah. This is a guy who's lost two straight matches, including one to Marco Cecchinato in, in rather routine fashion. Uh, Wu can absolutely hit through him. He's looking really good right now. I think he wins this match outright. And uh, what is he? Uh, plus 250, plus 220, something 210, like that. Plus 210. But yeah, this is uh, a I, great I moved a lot. It was yeah. probably plus 250 when I started my sentence. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, you know, right. that's what we do here. Well, I gra- it's a great start to the show. Kenny's going young and, and just going against an old guy. So perfect start to the show. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to some more picks in a little bit, but Pam, I wanted to talk to you about this because uh, we have somebody else to talk about, and that's uh, Klevedev winning another tournament, his twentieth tournament in twenty different cities, but his first clay court title at the Rome Masters. I know it was the final lead up to Paris RG, and maybe the the energy wasn't there from all the players, but 
him winning Rome and him winning a clay court tournament is pretty incredible regardless of how you slice it. He had a pretty friendly draw. He played fantastic. He had a solid baseline game as he always does. But Medvedev was a really benefactor because the weather conditions really helped suit his style of game. Um, because it was cold, it was rainy, they had a lot of weather delays. It really just helped to make bounce more muted. The cooler temperatures uh, really made the balls like more flat and slow. And it really benefited the better baseline player. Well, who's the best best baseline player right now? That's Medvedev. This is not going to be the same conditions in Roland Garros. I know y'all are talking about rain. Have you looked at the weather? It looks beautiful. It's sunny, warm, no wind or rain in sight, at least for like the first four or five days, <laughs> the furthest outlook that you can get. So I think he'll have a more difficult time this time around um, to actually win the entire thing. It would be a, more, much more of a surprise. Can he win his quarter? Yes, he definitely has the potential here. Um, but as far as him winning Roland Garros, I still would huge favorite as for no. Yeah. So before we get to that, and I'm going to open it up to everyone else, but Pam, your initial thoughts on this is what I've got this morning for RG title odds. And it's Alcaraz 155, Djokovic 230. That's been pretty similar. The, the gap, it's shifted a little. But Medvedev took that third spot. We know Rafa was, you know, in, in limbo. Holger's fourth. It dips after that. But initial thoughts on this and, I guess more of echoing what you're saying that you don't like Medvedev in the spot. I think Medvedev is definitely, he has become one of the favorites. So him moving up a few spots is warranted. Um, he has always had a game that can be suited for it. It's, did he have the belief that he had the game that could be suited for it? And more so like his antics, he, once he kind of like puts in his focus, he's a really good clay court player. He has the ability. But like I said, um, I, I don't think I would put him ahead of Runa um, at this point. I think Runa has really just shown that he is like just a beast against any opponent. He just, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if you're top five. He doesn't care. If you're number one. Yeah. He's just going to go balls out. And that confidence level really helps shift him mm -hmm. the type of game that he has to really contend with the best of the best, even right. in big spots like this. I, I said he was third, my third favorite last week. And I kind of got left out of here, but I, I agree with you now. We're, we're good there. Um, <laughs> Zika, what do you think about these odds? And I'll, I'll flash the next three up. It dips after that, but your initial thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, to steal from a Drake album title, I think it's if you're watching this, it's too late. I think we picked Medvedev last week at like plus twenty five hundred to watch, the, you know, to win the French. I don't think I'd want to touch it at plus, you know, ten, you know, ten to one. So I think that there's something in between there would have been fine. I think that he's the kind of guy you want as a value play to win the French, not as a favorite. Kenny, I, uh, looking at this. Yeah. So first of all, let's just get one thing straight. It's not Klavidev because that sounds terrible. It's Medvedert. Okay. It's Medvedert. The Medvedert. D, it works in there. <laughs> uh, but I will say I still like him at this price. And I think Zico, if you wanted to come up with a more creative way to bet on Medvedev here, I just, I like him to win his quarter at plus 170. I don't think that's outrageous by any means i think even pam would agree he's got a pretty decent shot to win this quarter um i, I do still believe in him I and mean, look he, he's a former monte carlo semifinalist went to the quarters there this year won in rome like i don't know what more we need to see like i understand when you know a guy does well in madrid and you're like okay well it's a little different uh he's he's played well now over the last few seasons on all sorts of different clay court surfaces i think once he was starting to settle in to the dominant defender that we know and love uh in 2021 coming out of the pandemic Obviously, he had a terrible run on clay because his game was completely tailored to hard courts. I think he's found a happy medium here, had to play on the dirt, put a little more spin on his forehand. And I, I really, really think that he's still a very strong contender. I still think he should be much lower than 11 to 1 or 10 to 1, whatever you're getting him at right now. I would agree with Zeke. Like, if you get to like eight, plus 800, plus 700, 
the value is pretty much dried out. But he, he's beaten some pretty good clay court players before on clay, uh, no, namely Novak Djokovic. He beat uh, Miomir Kacmanovic here last year. And then he lost to Marin Cilic, who ended up winning the quarter. He beat Andre Rublev. Guy was playing out of his mind. Um, and so I, I think that the quarterfinal at the French Open the year before, he clearly likes to play here. Um, yeah. And I think, again, he lost to Sitsipas in the quarters two years ago here. That's a match I think he wins this year because Sitsipas is a little down, a little down on his form right now. Medvedev has the win over him now on clay this year. So uh, I, I don't know. I think it's all systems going, yeah. especially now that he's not in the Djokovic Alcaraz half. Uh, there's just not yeah. a lot of guys here. Holger Runa really still unproven at a Grand Slam level. I know he yeah. made the quarters here last year, but uh, like, can he, his body quit on him in Mexico. His body's quit on him many times. He's still young. I don't know. I, I think there's still a lot of skepticism around the, the top two guys. Yeah, and Outside and that's top, actually, it. Would be pretty funny though, Kenny. You'd have to admit if it was because that quarter section to get to the semis. If you know it's Sinner, Zverev. If, if your boy Zverev gets back to form and you know ruins that bet for you, it would be kind of ironic. But you Is know, he Rick, my boy? I guess I don't know. You were, I've had Zverev in every one of those head-to-head matchups between Medvedev and him. Uh, so I know that when I when I take Medvedev, Zverev is going to beat him. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Like to see, I would say, what did you say, Medvedev? I would like to see him do well. Yeah. Yes. But he could potentially be facing Sinner. And I'm right now on Team Sinner. I want to see him excel. I wrote about him back in February mm-hmm. of how he's going to win an ATP Masters 1000 this year. Um, he just wasn't able to break out. He had an injury blip here in the last few weeks. So he has the skill set. And the conditions are going to favor him. He has a lot I, more topspin. I think he, I think the, if it ends up being no rain, then this could be a tournament where Sinner does get past Mavidev in the quarter to yeah. maybe reach the um, I, as a fan, I want that. He's been to every quarterfinal. French was the only one he didn't make last year, but it's health for me. It's form and health and fitness. We ask this question a lot. He's starting mm-hmm. to look better, but after that great run in Miami, got banged yep. up, wasn't playing. So yeah. I just think there's no doubt in my mind that he's you know going to make a deep run here, right? But I think when you talk about Yannick Sinner winning a Grand Slam, I used to think, and I think everyone used to think, that Yannick Sinner growing up on the clay in Italy – that was his best surface. He had some really good early results there throughout the challengers and then at the main level. But I think now, like, I think it's pretty clear that he, he really likes, I mean, look at what he did to Djokovic early on in their match at Wimbledon, the U S open. He was able to almost hit through Carlos Alcaraz, like the amount of power that this kid has. Um, I don't think it really favors him to play on dirt. And I, I, you know, he can obviously play on clay. He's, he's still a top 10 player on clay, but you know, you talk about him losing to Sarundolo this season, losing to Musetti, uh, these are matches like these are guys you're going to have to get through if you want to go deep, deeper at Roland Garros, go to the semis, go to the final, win the tournament. I just don't know if he's going to he's good enough to beat Tsitsipas, Medvedev, Djokovic, Alcaraz, Runa. I mean, there's probably like eight guys that I think that he would lose to head to head at this tournament in a best of five on clay. So that's why I'm like a little hesitant to go all out on center. But I do think, Pam, I agree with you that he gets hot. This kid gets hotter than anybody. And I think that his breakout will come. I just don't think it's going to be here at the French Open. Maybe Wimbledon, maybe the U.S. Open, maybe uh, a, a nice, a nice, you know, Washington win again to get him back going. Maybe the hard court swing is what he wants in the summer. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of down on center here. But, I mean, I've been wrong many times, so we'll see. Well, before we get to the favorites and, uh, you know, the two favorites, you mentioned another guy, Holger Runa, who's the third, fourth favorites area. And, and Pam, I wanted to bring up this because you – you mentioned it in the pre-show in the pre-show notes as a sleeper as a dark horse, plus nine fifty to win the title. But I threw the other number up there, plus three ten to make the final. And we can talk about hedging in the grand scheme of things. But has the market fairly priced Holger, given what you've seen in the clay court season specifically? 
For me, 100% yes. Um, he is by far, it for me, the way the order of which I would do it right now as far as skill set, um, health, just a, everything collectively, it would be Carlos, then it would be Carlos, Medvedev, and then probably Runa. Um, but wow. since winning ATP Masters 1000, and he defeated Djokovic, a faster surface, of course, but he's reached the ATP Masters 1000 Monte Carlo. He won his ATP Munich last month. His style of play to me is really just, it's starting to mimic Djokovic's. He doesn't have the same flexibility, of course, but he has, he's become just like a, one of the best returners. He has such a strong baseline game, his power forehand, he has killer drop shots. He's adding variety in his game and his uh, level his skill sets are not being complemented enough because it's being overshadowed by Akras and players like Djokovic. Oh, well, he's you know, it's still Djokovic, he's not in form right now. So, you're talking about the best players right now at this moment, and it has to be Holger. And a lot of it has to do with his mental mindset. You can argue that um, he needs to grow up and mature a little bit, and that's a huge difference between Carlitos and Runa is that the maturity level between the two is not at all the same. But as far as like the grit the the he, like i said you can put any opponent in front of him he doesn't care he is out and he's going to do it 100% and he has zero about who's in the crowd and on his side he's kind of becoming Djokovic 2.0 he the crowd is against him he thrives on that and that's just kind of i i love that from him he has the speed he has the stamina and that's what you need when you're playing on clay in a best of 5 you need that that baseline game and he's there do, do you guys kind of feel like this has similar so, vibes to 2022 Carlos Alcaraz? Sorry to take your job as the host, Mitch, but I, I'm curious. No, like, to I, me, it feels like it feels like last year with Carlos again, where he he look he was. I I think I ended up getting him at plus 1400 to win the French, and then he had that mm -hmm. unbelievable clay season when he obviously beat Djokovic and Nadal and Zverev in the same week to win Madrid. He had he just had an unbelievable run. And I think he, what did he end up closing at? Like plus 200? Like it was something insane. Plus yeah. 250 maybe to win the tournament. Um, you know, the, the market flew in his direction fairly. He was obviously, you know, at, at that point in time, the best player in the world. Um, I, I agree that like with all you guys, that this is an accurate price for Holger Rune. He should be the second, if not the third most, or, you know, the, the third highest favorite, right? The third best odds given what we've seen this year. But once again, I will just go back to the fact that this is a kid that had a lot of cramping issues last year. And while he did yeah. go to the quarters here at Roland Garros, that match against Casper Ruud, which well, uh, he probably wins in three or four stat. sets this time around, he, he he died in that match, right? Like he had nothing left. And I don't know. I just, I, it's going to happen. It happened with Carlos this year, their last year at the US Open. Like eventually he will just have an incredible slam performance. It could be here, but I'm still like a little skeptical. I definitely don't think there's any value left in that line. Yeah. And it gives me 2022 Carlos Alcaraz vibes, which for Runa, if that would mean that maybe he wins the US Open this year, but. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I agree with everything Pam said, except for maybe the stamina part, because that's where I want to see. And that's not, you know, the nerves, the cramping has happened and best of five. We'll see what he has left. It's such yeah. a grueling place, which is why to kind of bring it back full circle. I saw this line. I thought this would probably be good. Eight to one. If you call Alcaraz and Runa just meeting in the final, don't have to pick a winner. If Holger gets there, what would he even have left at that point? But I could like be that. something to monitor there. Um, in my opinion, it's either going to be Akras versus Medvedev or Akras versus Runa. That's wow. how I so, see it. That's how so I see person, it playing out. So the person that came on this show and the first word she ever said was, we all have to agree that Novak Djokovic is the greatest. So that's how she He is it. the greatest. He is absolutely the greatest. And I am waiting for the day one of grass season to bring out my Djokovic yeah. shirts 
But right now, he is not in good form. If there is anybody on the planet who knows Djokovic the best, it is me. I am obsessed with no. him. I know everything about Sorry, him. Mrs. We share. <laughs> he is my fellow Taurus. I got him. But yeah. I also know there's a huge difference between unless he gets injections or something like uh, oh. no, like uh, Nadal did last year's French Open. That is not that is not what Djokovic is going to do. He doesn't like putting things in his body. And what did we see last turn, the last tournament that he played? He had painkillers. So he's really going through something with either his elbow or his hamstring or both or neither. And it's another injury, but he's actually going through a serious injury right now. And it's showing in his game. Yeah. He doesn't, and he doesn't even have, we're talking about stamina. He doesn't have the stamina right now. You see him winded in a best of three. Now you're going up in a very tough draw in a best of five where you're out of rhythm compared to most of the players on tour right now. You haven't really had found a groove. You're coming with injury. Yeah, he's not the best shape right now. If he wins, absolutely fantastic. He oh, Goat, that is solidified. This is not the tournament. It's going to happen. Wait for grass. Okay, I mean it. That's fair. I just I'm never going to count this guy out. That's, that's well. Also, I mean, Pam, as as a big fan, like, I, I mean, how much better does it get for? His, I mean, look, obviously, he's in the Alcaraz half, but in terms of his quarter, I mean, this that's, is a pretty this is like yeah, a dream yeah. quarter for him. Like, yes. you know, you got RBA's old old rear end, right? You know, I don't think he's going to threaten him. ADF, like, beat him in Monte Carlo, but I mean, it's ADF at a Grand Slam. Like, I don't. It's hard to trust him. Hatchinoff, Hercots on clay. I, I don't know. And Rublev, who lost to Chilichir last year in the quarterfinal and cashed yeah. my plus 2,500 ticket for like, I, I don't know if there, it gets any better than this uh, for Djokovic. I mean, it's going to be really difficult, but I do think he can, it, he's not in good form. I agree. He looks injured. He looks like he's dealing with a couple of things, but if there's any quarter that's going to get him back into form, if he can play his way back into form, it's certainly this quarter. I think he won the draw. Zico, what do you think about this? Both minus 170 to make the semis. Pretty smart, pretty safe. Lucrative, even. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that Djokovic isn't going to make it out of that quarter. I'm pretty down on him as a, as an actual contender to win this tournament. Not, not not because of anything that has to do with his actual play, but I do think that you know I wrote a story on it at fourtennis.com, but like the stop and start nature of his season has just been relentless. Like he has not been able to get comfortable on the court, and whether it's gamesmanship or not, with those elbow sleeves, like there's clearly something going on and. If he's not at 100% health, this is one of the hardest tournaments to win if you're not feeling yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a physical I'm battle there. Be careful with it, the... Uh, you battle. Know. He can come in and play 80% at Australian oh. Open. He can come in and play 80% at Wimbledon, and he gets to those fine. Why? Because the points are going to be shorter. But this is Roland Garros. This is long rallies from the baseline, and he's not going to survive seven matches to win the title. I love him. I love Djokovic. I am his biggest fan. This is not the tournament for him to win. Yeah, I, I saw. Shout some out to Alexander Kovacevic, by the way. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he, maybe he wins like five games in that first match oh. and shows the world that he has, has some talent. Shout out to Alex, man. He's good. Shout out for sure. <laughs> Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, more tennis bets here. We're uh, continuing on Kenny Ducey. Pamela Maldonado and Zach Cohen. All right, talking about the women, I just want to mention this. And, and Zico, you were on this from the beginning. 
this was May 17th, what our future odds looked like. Even before this, Sabalenka was in the double-digit range. After last week, after the Rome events, after the finals of that, this is what we're looking at today. Igas came down a little bit. Sabalenka and Rabakina even at plus 700. So there's a huge drop-off after that. We actually have a tier, a pretty solid one. But talk to me about where we are with the odds here. I know you got Sabalenka at a great number. Iga and Rabakina on the same side. What's the market look like on the women? Yeah, I got I got Sabalenka at like plus 1,400. It was one of the ones we spoke about on here. I think all of us kind of said, you know, she's looking at a good clay court season. It's a really good price. So, you know, props to everyone for being on it. But I do props think that the way to play – Yeah. I, I do think that the way I'd play this is I'd probably put a little bit on Rabaka. I'd probably put a little on Sabalenka, and then I'd take a few flyers elsewhere. I like Sviatek to win this tournament almost any other year, but I really don't like messing around with soft tissue injuries. And she's gotten off the court twice in the two huge tournaments in the last couple of months. I just think it's a really tough ask to ask her to win as a favorite. Uh, you know, when the gap is already closed with these other players and she has right. a potential matchup with Krishikova early on, who is well, kind of her crit tonight. Yeah, I mean, the and Kenny, the draw isn't exactly favorable for her necessarily. Krishikova slash... Azarenka, whoever in the fourth round, Coco maybe in the quarters, we'll see. And then it's Rabakina who, say what you want about Rabakina, and I know she doesn't react to anything. She could win the lottery, and it's just deadpan. <laughs> but she's had her number, and she's not afraid of Iga. And everyone says they're not afraid of the top dog, but Rabakina is actually going out there and beating her. Yeah, I mean, this this is a nightmare scenario for Iga Sviatek. She had, uh, I believe it was a thigh injury, if I'm not mistaken, uh, something with the lower body. And obviously she said it was like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But when you look at the body blows that potentially could add up here with this draw, I mean, look, I, I, I'm i not a huge Christina Buxa fan, but she plays a tough game on clay. Like, I mean, look, Iga probably wins that 6-2, 6-3, but who knows? I mean, there's the possibility that one of those sets could be laborious. Then you have Fiona Farah. If she could play her way into, into form, she's been dangerous at the French Open in her home country. I'm not saying any of these players are going to beat Sviatek, but I do think that it's a little bit more physically demanding than she probably would like. And then you have, you know, obviously, Krajikova, you mentioned, is a huge roadblock. Even Ange Jabeur, if Ange Jabeur can play herself into form, you know, either her or Rabakina, like, th this is a tough half. That's why I'm looking at the other half here. I'm going to throw out a name that I, I haven't heard anyone say this name, gosh, maybe like six months, seven months. Uh, everyone's very down on her. She's like the Tony Finau of the WTA Tour. She has one title ever, but she's a perennial contender. This year, this might be the year Maria Sakkari wins the French Open, guys. Plus 5,000 oh, okay. in the right, right half. Right. <laughs> stop no, I'm serious. No, I'm, not saying stop be, I'm not saying stop because I'm like adamantly against it. I'm saying stop because <laughs> one of our co-hosts is, <laughs> is adamantly against it because we have some stuff built. And I want to just start with... Uh, with uh, UZ Co. Surprise, surprise. You're going Mukova at even money first <laughs> round. So we can just put an end to this right now. <laughs> yeah, I do have Mukova in that match. I was saying before this we started, but I'm not sure if I'd go Mukova minus 110 because I do like Mukova to win the quarter at plus 900. But I looked at that quarter and I thought anybody could win that one. I like Benchic. I like Mukova. I don't really think that Sakari is going to win or come out there. I, I think that's a really tough matchup for her. One that she lost last year at the French Open, yeah. I think. It's a very tough draw. I completely agree with you. I, 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 it's, it's, it's terrifying, but okay. there's a reason why Sakari's plus 5,000. Yeah. But, I'm team Greece yeah. through and through, but this is you know a tough first-round match for her. I do think Zico's bigger point stands to the fact that, you know, Benchage plus 800, Mukova plus 900. Sabalenka on her side of the draw has been great, but – if she has an off day, if she goes a little haywire, which has happened, then it could just be complete chaos on that side. So I do think 
throwing darts at some of these long shots is kind of a good way to do it. And and that's my only point here is that if you look on this half, and I think this is the half you want to throw some darts, and I, I don't hate Benchich at all. And again, I agree with you that it's a tough first round matchup, but like Zachary is still, I think, a top 10 clay player. Like I, I know that she hasn't had a great season. She's a little bit. Obviously had great runs at Grand Slams before. This could be a tough one, but once again, like I, I do feel like the year Maria Sakkari has a big breakout performance or God forbid wins a Grand Slam or wins another tournament, like it's it probably will come out of nowhere. So I don't know. I, I, I like I like betting on someone who just has very good ability on the surface. Benchich again is another one. Ludmilla, maybe, maybe she picks that magic back up. I don't know. But no, I, I think I, I, I think if she gets by the first round, I think Sakkari is very dangerous in this half. Well, we're gonna have to see. I mean, Zico's sitting there at your at your Sevalenka bet's a good spot to get to. Um, we'll we'll see. I mean, Iga's got a lot of pressure on her this year, so I think that's gonna be the thing to kind of. Or monitor. Carolina Garcia, we haven't oh, yeah. mentioned her either. Same odds as Zachary, and she another bad bad season for her. But last year she broke out at the U.S. Open, like she had a decent Australian Open. She is playing in France, which could work against her. It could be a little too much pressure, but. A player that has played really well in clay throughout her whole career and really talented. So I, those are my two favorite long shot, uh, long shots to win the tournament. Like it, like it. We'll see. Uh, I want to wrap this up by going through some of our favorite. There's so many good first round matches. Nothing really beats a major when there's so many on the men's and women's side where you have all these act, all this action nonstop. So we'll go around the board. Um, and Pam, we'll start with you on the men's side. What do you think about this? You're going Fognini plus five games versus FAA. If I have that correctly. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at Felix Ogier, Elysium, fantastic player, hasn't shown it in quite some time. Um, he's played only two clay court matches this season. And one's in Madrid. He lost in the opening round to Lajovic. He played the Italian Open, lost to Poprin. Both of them were three sets. So, yeah, I would expect that this goes um, maybe like a full four, maybe a full four or five sets. But you're talking about a clay court player in Funini who is an entire wild card. And I absolutely despise betting on or against him because you never know what you're going to get, except this is his best surface. Going up against somebody who is not in rhythm, who has not played clay court this season and is much more better suited for faster surface coming up and what's next grass so i would much rather this is a perfect fade spot opportunity way overvalued possibly because of rankings because of name because of stamp because of age whatever it is faa is getting too much love in this spot right now i would gladly take the dog and not only take the plus games i'm gonna mm. take the money line as well well fognini so i mean my mom would love that pick just a diehard <laughs> fognini fan and also this is probably his last french open i think that's pretty much kind of where it's trending with him too so mm. maybe it's one last stand there uh, Kenny, we got to talk to you about this one because it stood out to me and the question mark is intentional, but we got here to win a set versus Nori. That's right. That's right. This is, this is a juicy dime right here because I'll tell you what, you want to talk about form Cam Nori does not look very good right now. And, and, uh, it's similar to the Fanini discussion. And I will say betting against Felix at a grand slam, always a great idea, especially when he's a favorite, when he's an underdog, actually kind of a good idea to bet on him, but. He, he does tend to make a meal out of his early round matches that he should really win pretty quickly. But like Fanini, Pear is a tough guy to back on the game spread because we've seen this so many times at Grand Slams with Pear. He just will tank sets. That's what he does. He'll he'll play a lot of epics, a lot of four setters, five setters. Uh, he almost took a set off of Cam Nori at the U.S. Open last year. He did end up losing six, uh, two bagels, and then the, the, the second set was a tiebreak. 
which he mm -hmm. lost, uh, which I believe he was leading by a break in that set. I think he's well. He hasn't had a code violation. That's his claim. I haven't watched all of his challenger matches this year. Uh, he's clearly coming to the court. He might not be as good as he was four years ago, but he's coming in focused. He loves feeding off the French crowd. That crowd is going to be going absolute bananas. I don't think there is one player in the draw that that crowd is going to get behind more and more loudly than Benoit Paire in his first round match against Cam Norrie. You look at him losing to Sarundalo in pretty easy fashion today. Um, he, he, he just doesn't have that same consistency that he had at the end of last year and really the last two years. He's very up and down with his level right now. So I think you could catch him on a bad day. I think he could get a little flustered. This reminds me, by the way, this is a good reference point. He played in the Davis Cup against uh, Nicolas Mejia in, I believe, Peru. Yeah, no, I'm not quite yeah. sure. And my Colombia, actually, I beg your pardon. And my goodness, that was in, I mean, he made a meal out of that match. He should have lost it. I think he dropped this, the first set or the second set. This could have similar vibes with just a hostile crowd. Benoit Pair looking focused, looking a little bit better. He's gotten some wins on the Challenger Tour. He just went to the final in Francavilla. So I, I, I think he could take a set here. I think he could do I thought, it. And I know you're kind of on, you were on Clay Cam. Or Cam Clay, however we're going to call his Clay name. Clay Cam. Well, I didn't coin that. Jim Courier coined that. But, yes, yeah. I, I, he does play well on Clay. He likes to have time over yeah. the ball. But this Clay season, I just haven't seen him be a top 10 talent like we've seen him be. Zico, I want to ask your thoughts on this one. It's not a pick, but I just I, I, this match stood out to me so much. Uh, Nakashima versus Shapovalov, first round. Shapovalov is a slight dog. This is, I think, fairly priced given Shapovalov's struggles and Nakashima's recent surge. But... What do you think about this one? Maybe an over is in play here? Yeah, so I actually have this one. I do have Nakashima to beat Shapovalov. I think that this is just a really good spot for him. He beat him at Wimbledon last year. He comes into this match after, you know, some really nice performances in Lyon. I just think that he's playing really well on clay right now where we haven't seen the same from the Canadian. And I must say, I do also have a pair to win a set against Nori down on my list too. Wow. So. Even money, Happy can't Memorial be it. Day, everybody. Are you, Zico, can I ask if you're a little concerned after Nakashima today? I mean, it was a tough match against Arthur Fies, but I did, did you think he looked good enough for this bet? Like, did, did, does your opinion change at all off that match? I think I, with that, before you answer that, I don't think, it, I think you're rephrasing that question. I don't think it's a matter of, did he look well enough? It has, um, has Shapo looked well at all this year? No, he hasn't, he fired his coach recently too. So it, this is a fade bet. We all know that, right? If you're if you're betting on this match, you're thinking that Shapovalov has had no momentum, which is an accurate statement. Mm -hmm. he, hasn't, he hasn't played. He hasn't. He's had been out with a knee injury. Uh, talking but, about yeah, just I want to say because no, Pam no, no, no. didn't look that good. Pam has a pick here I want to get to. Talking about maybe a fade bet or maybe just momentum here. McDonald plus four games against Corda. I would assume this is just because we haven't seen much of anything from Corda because of the injury. Exactly. Corda has played since the since the Australian Open. He's played in two matches in Madrid and then um, in Italian Open, and he lost both. Two matches in the last five months. He's coming back from injury. Clay is a very different surface, whereas McDonald, he's a very he's a backboard. He is going to return everything. He plays a baseline game, and that's just a really huge mismatch of opponent in your first round when you're trying to come back and to find some type of rhythm. I love McDonald to come out with the outright win. It's another one of those situations where it's an overvalued situation. So I'll take the plus games um, and then gladly also take the money line. 
I think it's a smart strategy until Corda proves, you know, you just keep winning until he proves you're wrong. And it's like, all right, time to go home. Everything's, you know, looks like he's back. But and I do think he'll get there, but it might not be here. So I, I like the logic of getting some getting some stuff there. Uh, Kenny, last pick from you. Got to get to your boy, Jack Draper. Okay, interesting spot. Yeah. Want to explain this one to me? Do I want to explain it to you? I'll let his play explain it to you. He's looked really good on clay. And, yeah. and you know, he's a guy that has, I, I think, a, a game that obviously is much more suited towards fast surfaces. But the win over Ketsmanovic and Leon, the win over Alexander Moeller, uh, he did beat Sebastian Baez and Monte Carlo. I'm not saying he's lighting the world on fire like he was, you know, late season last year or, frankly, early season when he was coming to the Challengers. Um, I thought he, uh, he's, he's going to be a, a big player this year. At Wimbledon, I think he might be a big player at the U.S. Open. But I do think this is a pretty good spot to just play the more talented tennis player. Uh, I, I Look, Etch-a-Sketch is a guy that you want to fire up in certain spots. Um, I think Golden one. Swing, great spot for Etch-a-Sketch. Houston, Not, love him. Huh? <laughs> Houston, Houston, Clay Houston? love them. Yeah, that's not even clay. That's like mud. That's like if yeah. you go out to Central Park after it rains, that's like the surface in Houston. Yeah, um, but <laughs> no, look, I mean, Echeverry is a very strong clay court player, you know, I, but I, I think that he's a riding a little too much off his past laurels here. Like, you know, I look, he went to the final in a challenger, his most recent event. It, it was a nice run. He beat Jan Leonard Stroop there, who's on fire right now. Um, so I, I think he's a deserving favorite, but I also feel as if Jack Draper is arguably playing just as solid tennis against better competition and either beating them or going three sets, nearly beating them. He, he almost had that match against Francisco Serundolo. Um, he was up serving for the match or he was up at four, three, I believe he just needed to hold two times to win. Um, I, I mean, look, he's, he's won best of five matches at grand slams. I think this is a very good spot to play him first round because I think a lot of people see him. They think, okay, he doesn't have the stamina to play on clay. Uh, he, he's not going to be able to hit through his opponents. Everyone's going to assume that Jack Draper is no match for a clay quarter, a guy who's played on his on clay okay. for his career. But with that said, why is he plus 105? That's the question you have to ask. And that's because he's much better at tennis than Tomas Martin Echeverry. So give me okay. the better tennis player, It'll Jack be. Draper. Here we go. I think uh, I think there's some logic in there. So you presented your case admirably. Uh, Zico, some thoughts on some women's first-round matchups. I just want to get your brief thoughts. Uh, this one stood out to me as Azarenka Andrescu. Andrescu coming back from the injury in Miami, has been playing a lot sooner than expected, is a feisty one. Do you think Azarenka holds serve here and just handles business? Yeah, so I had this one down to potentially take Andrescu, not because of anything that she's doing, but because Azarenka just hasn't looked good this season. She, like Especially recently, she hasn't been able to put together you know, multiple wins in a, in a row. She just hasn't looked like herself, and I could just see this going either way, so I'd rather take the plus 160 yeah i i kenny i mean we've talked about this before right like as a dog love andrescu in the spot as a favorite you're just gripping onto the wheel with both hands so i don't know i think that's i think we can just say that about most canadian players at this point right because we say the same thing about <laughs> that. dennis shapovalov was getting three games in his first job match against nakashima which maybe he will by the time the line closes i would take it but yeah i mean andrescu i it's hard to tell where her health is. Like she's, she's been, I, I mean, I, I think, what was it four weeks ago? Maybe she retired with that injury or it looked like she had a very serious injury. And then she's just back like four days yeah. later. Um, it, it, it's always very, it's a mystery as to what's happening, but I will say when she's in the grand slam draws and she's 90 to hundred percent healthy, she is very dangerous. Uh, we yeah. haven't seen Azarenka's level, you know, where it was last year at the U S open in, in a little bit of time. So, I think that's a I think that's a decent spot to fire up Bianca. I like her there. 
Yeah, it's a fair one. And then the last women's match, uh, Zico, we got Pliskova, Sloan Stevens, Sloan plus 105. Sloan's, you know, she kind of ran out of gas against Bronzetti today, but the battle against Stearns, kind of getting back into form, a former Roland Garros finalist against Pliskova, who has had good clay court results too, kind of sneakily as well. This might be my favorite women's match. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think if I had to make a pick on this one, I'd go Pliskova only because I think that I trust her a lot more with the ball on her racket. I could see Stevens letting a few games get away just with some sloppy serving, and I don't really think you'll get that out of Pliskova. Yeah, Sloan is very, very interesting in a lot of ways. I feel like she redlines with the best of them, but the consistency factor in a major, I I see where Pliskova is. I think this line's perfect, and I think the winner of this match is set up to do some stuff, but... You know, this is one of those interesting ones. Uh, and then lastly, before we wrap this show up, Pam, going back to the men's side, just need your thoughts on this because we have to get him into the show. Ben Shelton plus 205 versus Sinego minus 255. That that seems a little wider than it should be, but then on, in retrospect, you look at what Sinego's done. He's had a great clay court season. Is there any chance, is there any way to get any action on Shelton and make some money? Um, unfortunately, Shelton is still like an unknown player to me. He has a lot of volatility in his game right now. He looks great against some opponents, but he played like players like in Madrid against Jan Lernstroff, and that was a very tight competitive match, and I loved how he played that. But it's just it's always going to be difficult to play in a left-handed opponent, um, and that's really the only – I would say that's the one mark that he has that's working towards his favor at the moment. But you're going to give me a clay court player – Every, I'm going to go with him every time. So, no, it, this is not a spot that I would back him as an underdog. I, mean, yeah, he lost uh, I believe on the Inside In podcast, Mitch, uh, Riley Opelka told the host – who's the host of that? I forget who the yeah. host of the podcast yeah. is. Uh, he told him that Shelton's a, Shelton's a third bot. So, uh, there you go. Hey, Opelka so, he's going to have a lot of – He'll have a lot of success then here in the next month on grass, but no, yeah. I'm not here. I'll have Just trying you know, to shamelessly plug Mitch's that Mitch's yeah, sit down interview with Riley. I appreciate that, and and I will have you know that on the Instagram post of all the people that were named to the Servot team, Shelton's the only one that commented and said, "Mom, I made it." So he embraced it. <laughs> I mean, so. I, the, the the good news is that it's easier to return on play, but the bad news is that he's not a right. very good returner, so he still has. Right, no he's wrong. I mean. And and I do want to be you know on the serious side like that run in Australia was was a remarkable one but it's going to be a regression to the norm and him becoming a pro player so it'll happen he's getting there it's just a long process um, all right well this has been a great show I want to go around before and kind of give the final thoughts on the clay court on the second major of the year in Paris Roland Garros Zico final thoughts on what to expect what you're looking for strategies just wrapping up as we get ready for an incredible fortnight. Yeah, I'll just throw these out there because I don't think I got I got a chance to say it before. I do think Casper Ruud's going back to the final of this tournament. Uh-oh. I think he's probably I probably think, I think he's going to get killed in the final against no matter like no matter who he plays. But I think that he has a really good shot of making it out of that quarter, and I like his chances of getting back to the final. I think that we kind of clowned him for his decision to change the offseason a bit, but he you know peaked at the right time, and I thought he looked really good in Rome, and I think he should have probably won that match. So I do think that he has a really good shot of getting back there. And another, you know, just long shot woman's play out there out there is uh, Von Drusova at 50 to one. I think that she could be the one that ends up coming out of that quarter if it's not Sabalenka. Mm. Wow. Going out with and going out scorching yeah. some of those takes. I like it. Uh, Kenny, how are you wrapping up Roland Garros? What are you thinking? All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to give you another scorcher because, well, well so what I want to say before I give the scorching hot take is that I agree with Zico that the quarter three 
is I think where you want to start making bets uh, because I, I think there's going to be, it's either going to, I don't think Runa is going to come out of the corner. And I think there's a lot of value in fading him to come out of the corner. I had Fritz plus a thousand and Sarundalo plus 1100 written down here, but I, I am certainly not going to contest if you want to take Kasparud because he's starting to look a lot better on this surface. And we know he's obviously had the experience here. Um, I, I have Medvedev written down for the quarter four winner, but what I will say is there's only one guy and, and, it, and it's, there's only one of these many names that's going to potentially be a tough opponent for Daniil Medvedev. And you can't even get odds right now. That's why I wanted to check on him to win this quarter. And it is Aslan Karatsev who qualified. He's now, no, you laugh. He's oh, yeah, top 50 in the world. He just qualified. He came through qualifying very easily. But okay. the big thing is the head-to-head. He kills Medvedev in the head. I think it's, what is it, 4-1 to one now, including yeah, this one right? He has Medvedev's number. He's sitting in that quarter. I think it's Medvedev's quarter. And I, I Aslan's going to have to get to that level. He's going to have to face Medvedev uh, probably in the, I think, in the third round or fourth round. But if he ends up getting there, that is a potential roadblock. But other than that, I think plus 160 is not a fair price. I think I think Medvedev should be minus 150 to win this quarter at, wow. the, at, the, at the least. I think he beats Yannick Sinner every day of the week right now with the way he's playing on clay and everyone else in this in this quarter. Tiafo's been flat. We haven't seen much at ADF. I just talked about how I don't like Etch-a-Sketch. Zverev, he just smoked Zverev twice on clay. So, yeah, I think Karatsev, he's in the top half of this draw, so he'd probably have to beat center, and he probably doesn't beat center. But if he does, and he meets Medvedev in the quarterfinal, you probably get him. Pro- Wait, what What do you think the price would be on that? Plus 20000 for him to win the quarter? That's, he's yeah. getting the semifinals of the Australian Open, people. He could do it. He could do he it. He can do it. He can, I guess. Well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you just can't out top Kenny when it comes to hot takes. So that's what we've <laughs> in the last five minutes. Uh, Pam, wrapping it up with you. Uh, looking at this tournament, Alcaraz is the favorite. Djokovic there, and you're not as high on him normally. And then team, who we didn't mention, maybe could go on a run. I know you have a soft spot in your heart for Dominic team. So and that's exactly who I was going to bring up. I don't care about bets at this moment. I'm talking about Dominic team. And what I just want to see from him is belief in himself, that confidence. And you can see it when he has that backhand. And when he finds that confidence and hits a beautiful down-the-line backhand with ease, then you know that he's trying to still get back to rhythm. All I want is for him is to have a couple of matches. If he loses, great. But if it gets to five sets and it's because he's like full out aggression rather than being passive, that's what I'm looking for out of Dominic Team's game right now is just progression in his confidence level because that's really the only thing, in my opinion, that he's lacking. Well... I would love to see him go on a run to 10 finalists, make things interesting. And you talk about crowd reactions. The place would go bananas, banana mm-hmm. if he actually went on a run. So, guys Ooh. and gal, thank you so much. Kenny Ducey, Pamela. Lorenzo Mussetti, plus 1,200 to win quarter one. One more. Pretend I didn't <laughs> uh, everybody here, thank you for listening. We're also, you're watching us on YouTube. You're watching us on Twitter, on Facebook. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, to name a few. Thank you guys so much for joining the show. We'll see what happens at the French Open, the year's second major, but we're all excited. Let's have a good time. Let's win a few bets and uh, have a blast doing it. Thank you for watching Tennis Bets. <laughs>